Get off my lawn! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Magic Dads Podcast. My name is Blake. I'm here with Stefan. What's up, buddy? Dad. <laughs> I didn't even see that. Dad. We've been talking for like two hours, and you just you you were you were you were sandbagging that. Yeah. You were yeah, waiting. But it's it's in it's in the bluey font too. You I probably love can't it say. so yeah. much. <laughs> so does your whole ha- oh, does your whole family have those? Uh, uh, no, just my wife and I have mom and dad. That's fantastic. Uh, and then yeah, we we had them made for or we made them ourselves um, for uh, our our girlies' uh, first and second birthday in February, which feels like just yesterday, but it was a way ago. I can't uh, believe that. You really surprised me there. Yeah, I didn't. I, I had it on. I've I've had it on for a little while today, and I was just like, I'm just gonna wear this on the podcast. <laughs> Dadception. Yeah, we got a Erica got one of the like a, a cricket, one of those cutting like vinyl cutting things for okay. Christmas, and so we just we make stuff, just now, make stuff, like shirts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're sick. crafty family. Crafty. Well, we're gonna talk about being crafty day, and and oh, you yeah. got to get crafty if you want to win a game of Canadian Highlander because our metagame here in Des Moines is just mid range, mid range, mid range, mid range. Yeah, so many mid range decks. And me personally, uh, I like to play reactive strategies. That's, mm-hmm. That is where I feel comfortable. That's my wheelhouse. I like to, you know, have an answer to this and uh, counter that and kill this creature and then, uh, and then play my win condition when, when I feel, you know, you know, very well positioned to take down a game and then proceed to win the game. I am not, not, not good at combat. You know, yeah. you, say, you say math is for blockers. Well, uh, I am just not good at any of that. A true control player. I am not. I am not good at racing. Uh, I am not good at uh, deciding. You know which creature I should hold back on defense, or if I should attack at all, and etc. <laughs> I need to be in a position where I know that my creature is going to go to the distance, or play a creature that has hexproof so that my opponent has a hard time killing it, and then only then can I win a game of magic. <laughs> and notably, uh, you, the the last couple of. Uh, decks that you've created that have gone that have done really well for you do have a lot of threats that are either evasive from removal or like have have literal no way to kill them like your hexproof threats yeah <laughs> uh, i love a true name nemesis good luck uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so um you know where we're at right now uh the decks they present these extremely diverse board states while creating card advantage. And I'm talking about, you know, the initiative. I'm talking about, you know, these oh, mid-range yeah. decks that they'll play a planeswalker that makes creatures and they have a land over there that's making tokens and you have to find a way as a reactive deck to deal with the planeswalker, to deal with the creatures that they made, to deal with the land and the creatures that the land is making all while still finding a way to keep refueling your hand. It's just a nightmare for a reactive deck. It's true that so, dealing with everything is like try 
it's, and trying to it, build a deck that does it all right. It's impossible. And I just, I just cannot seem to find that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. You know, you were talking about that Jeskai Dragons deck that I made, which is, you know, really yeah. just basically a hard control deck. It's counter magic, it's removal spells, some wraths. And then you've got your win conditions that are these big beefy things that are, that are kind of hard to kill or just in the game very quickly. And, and yeah, I got some W's with that, but then I get paired against something like dredge and I counter your creature. It goes to the graveyard. It comes back. I kill your creature. It goes to the graveyard. It comes back. You, you mill yourself and you cast a Hogak. I kill the Hogak. The Hogak comes back. Like I get, I get one path to exile. I get one swords to plowshares. I get, I get one, uh, prismatic ending. I get one, uh, council's judgment. And, mm-hmm. and then outside of that, uh, I'm left to just destroy your thing and hope that it doesn't come back or make it inconvenient. Yeah. As sort of like a blinked palace stealer or something. It's really hard. Sure. And to... then you just take the monarch from me and they come back anyway. Yeah. I mean, it, there, there is, uh, like the deck isn't like over the top good. But no, but the, the the thing that I'm trying to demonstrate is that <laughs> is that like even if you do figure out this perfect formula mm-hmm. to 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 deal with all of these different you know diverse threats that your opponent is presenting you with, find a way to actually have cards in your hand after you're done killing all the things and not be at the mercy of the top of your deck, then you run into a matchup like Dredge, yeah, or you run into a matchup like Welder where cool, kill their stuff, they're just going to keep playing it out of their graveyard again. A lot or, of recursion. Yeah. Um, and and there's there's another deck specifically that also sort of runs at you in that same way, which is uh, which is Aristocrats. Because... Sure, yeah. Instead of, instead of establishing a board state and then winning through combat, which it can do in the same way that Dredge can establish a board state and win through combat... Um, it has this weird function of like they're killing uh, their own creatures on purpose and, yeah. and generating card advantage out of it. They're Which either don't they're do either generally. they're either drawing cards or their creatures are replacing themselves or their creatures get to continue to come back from the graveyard. It's very similar. Yeah, it, it, functionally they do operate sort of on the same like latitude. Yeah, well, it's, so, a, it's a nightmare to to try to play a reactive deck and to be in a position where. You know, you're not a skilled enough pilot to pick up something like, you know, burn or something like death and taxes oh. <laughs> and be able to win a game because I, I cannot. I will, yeah. I will. I will simply pass away. Yeah, I, I would simply die. <laughs> yeah. Traditionally, you, you've never really presented as a as a uh, real aggressive player. You like to generally establish like stop, stop your opponent from doing the, what they wanted to do first and then. And then kind of win from there. And and tradition, like I've seen you do that very well on a lot of different occasions. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> but, um, like you said, like mid range soup, which is what a lot of our meta is. Um, we're we're actually seeing sort of like a resurgence of a lot of combo decks now. Well, um, and okay, so that's the thing though is that control decks tend to be pretty well positioned against those. Mm. Like the dedicated combo decks, you just need to know like you, you got your counter spells, a certain mm. number of those and you need to know which specific pieces of their combo to counter or to yeah. deal with in one way or another in order to be able to to put them in a way that they can't end the game on the spot and then you mm. just kind of clean up after that. Like control decks are pretty well positioned against combo decks in that Agreed. regard. In that regard, at least. As long as you have the knowledge of like what you're doing. Right. Obviously control decks always favor a 
uh, a more knowledgeable pilot. Uh, yes. You, you know what you're doing and right. how to do it. You're right. not just like countering their Llanowar elves or whatever. Uh, sh- sure. No. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> um, so w- the, what would you say is like the best way to have a good reactive game plan, but also hedge around these like... So, well, when... Let's 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 think about this like we think about a 60-card format. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but when when standard rotates, when a new set comes in and old cards go out, you'll hear a lot of, of grinders saying that like it's not a good time to be playing a control deck. Because if the yeah. format isn't fleshed out, if you don't know what exactly threats you need to be able to deal with or how or how decks curves work or you know things like that you cannot um tune your deck find the pieces that you need to be able to to counter the things on time so like if you know that the the best archetype goes mana dork three drop mm-hmm. then your two mana counter spell is going to be good whether you're on the play or on the draw yeah it simply will not matter so you can you can build your deck in a way you know that's that's intuitive to that or if if you know that the best threats in the format have, you know, um, they have hex proof, then you can play edicts. Oh yeah, as a way yeah. to as a way to destroy them. Or or if um, you know they're indestructible, then you can play you know things that give minus one minus one counters or or exile mm-hmm. as a way to kill them. And and so like if you are going to build a reactive deck, the first thing that you need to know is what the metagame looks like agreed yeah it in a 60 i i've always heard it like when it when standard rotates red comes in yes yeah and that's very much true is that's when when there's a new format out if you know if if you can play under costed creatures on curve and and just turn them sideways you're probably going to be able to take down some games Mm -hmm. so what what do you feel like is the is the equivalent like are we always in that shift in in well it's it's so i think that you use the same principles but it is much more difficult because of the because of the variance Mm -hmm. so like yes um you get to play like the most powerful control cards of all time but also your 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 opponent's decks are extremely diverse you know Mm -hmm. like i said um they have if it was just you know creatures playing on curve like uh remove soul probably pretty good mm-hmm. but you're not though your opponents are jamming uh ren and sixes they're jamming minskin booze they're playing urza's sagas like you need a a healthy mixture of different kinds of removal and interaction spells in order to be in order to be able to deal with all of that and so kind of i guess you know if you talk about the jeskai dragons deck specifically what i was doing there was i was i was i was really trying to identify the most versatile answers and like you 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 found out like you know disenchant is actually pretty good oh 100 percent. that um, card is and, insane and i had a disenchant in my deck and disenchant did work all of the time you were never sad to draw that card uh i mean sometimes i was wow uh and so and that's just kind of the nature of the variance of it you know when you play against mono red there are things that it kills um but Mm -hmm. they are very few and far between and it's not really something that you want to see in your opening hand because you never know if your opponent is going to be on it or not but when you get paired against something like welder or when you get paired against um 
you know, something that, that, you know, has like Sylvan library and Urza saga. And, you know, there's a lot of really, really good targets for a disenchant. Yeah. Um, And so, you know, I think it does better than a lot of other removal spells that are in that spot, but Mm -hmm. um, you get more, you get more, um, you get more versatility out of something like say, um, what is that rip apart? Where not only can it kill an artifact or enchantment, but it can also kill a creature or a planeswalker. Yeah. With so the identifying those those sorts of cards that that deal with like the most number of stuff mm-hmm. is is super good. Like um, you might Council's think judgment. You might yes, council judgment best removal is spell ultimate. Yeah. Um, you might think that something like uh, Wrath of God would be good, for example, against a lot of these decks because they're sure. you know they're curving out mana dorks into into like, uh, you know, a three drop creature and then they're playing a four drop creature and like, mm-hmm. you, you might think Wrath of God is going to be pretty good, but then they have this Planeswalker, um, <laughs> like, like, you know, Comet, for example, who's just churning out these creatures and, and, out squirrels. and then you have like Minsk and Boo, it's doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, your Wrath of God doesn't do anything against it. Again, Urza Saga. Yeah. It, it, like, and especially if they have a land recursion engine, like, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's yeah. just, it's just real hard on a control player. These it times, is man. Um, um, you brought I, up, you brought up a really good point. Um, when we were in our, in our pre podcast discussion and that pernicious deed, like while it does not kill planeswalkers, yeah. it does kill all of the other things. Yeah. The if issue, the effort, issue man. that I have with pernicious deed is it is in the two worst control colors. <laughs> So I was actually going to bring that up is like, are we agreed that Jeskai is the best combo for control? So we're just, yes. I mean, um, green, green gives you really good threats and really good mana acceleration. Mm -hmm. Black gives you really, really good removal, Mm -hmm. but the butt kind of stops there. Like, uh, you don't, you don't have access to the exile effects that you get in white. You don't have access to the counter magic you get in blue. Um, it is, it's possible that, that you could replace the red with, with green, black, or both, mm-hmm. but I, that completely changes the texture of everything. No, hundred percent. And like, d- to be clear, I know, I know one, I know one thing for sure. It is blue, white. Oh yeah. That's it. Like those are the two best control colors. They have white sort of deals with onboard blue deals with stack the stack mm-hmm. and what white now has the ability to interact on the stack way more than before with yeah. like reprieve mm-hmm. um and to be clear i also have played control decks like i know i'm not like the most controlly guy but my boros deck is largely a control deck mm-hmm. um it doesn't run a lot of counter magic some but not a lot but i i totally understand what you mean about like not having ways to deal with permanence uh because all all of our all of our wraths and that's like the blanket term for them mm-hmm. basically only deal with one permanent type mm-hmm. and that is not that is not what canadian highlighter does right no these decks are getting ahead by being diversified and then mm-hmm. not only that but you're playing this reactive deck where your game plan is to play a very very long game then you start to run into these situations where where cards like lands, like specifically Urza Saga. Mm-hmm. If you could find a way to keep playing your Urza Saga over and over and over again, yeah. uh, you're just going to drown that control deck and card advantage. I, I even think so. That like for example, Village 
is very good against sure. a control tech. For for example, um, like a card like Hall of Heliod's Generosity, mm. or a card like Crucible of Worlds. Again, these are these are both cards that you can use cards um, like Wasteland or like uh, Disenchant to deal with, yeah. but you're still left with the residual effects of that land coming into play, yeah. and eh, like. It's not it's not like, you know, the olden days where, you know, once you ran them out of cards, that was it. Like they they draw lands, that's what they mm -hmm. got. They got lands. Yeah. The lands That's it now. You know, now all the lands do something. I mean, the, and even some of the really good ones have sort of fallen out of favor, like Volras Stronghold. Um one of fallen out of favor you might say but that's exactly the kind of thing that i'm talking about the ability to just keep picking up a creature and playing it over and over again it makes it really really hard for a control deck to keep up yeah the land specifically are really like woof it, it's hard to deal with that um and then some some well, not some i would say that a lot of decks in our format right now are just slamming the triple mocks spread Oh yeah, and, oh. they they come out they come out of the gate fast. Yep. You know, with a ton of mana. Mm -hmm. And you know, it it makes cards like mana leak. You know, Spell pierce. Th that much worse. Yeah. I mean, cards that I traditionally have seen as like really powerful counter spells like spell pierce, mana leak, miscalc. These are cards that I really like um that are no longer as good because people like these mid-range decks are basically looking at the points list and just going no thank you i'll mox and i'll get one additional mm -hmm. and and that's correct i i don't think that that's wrong yeah i the issue is just that that there is no real better way to play a mid-range deck than to get those nut opening hands and having three mox in the deck shockingly consistent in having those in your opening draws having three copies in the deck mm -hmm. like yeah. floating through there yeah i think you like, see those a lot well, one out of one out of every three hands you'll have at least one one mm -hmm. out of every nine hands you'll have multiples if you get three mana on turn one that's nuts that's a that's a black lotus yeah a and and it's repeatable you just are uh, you are up on that mana for the rest of the game mm-hmm and we're seeing a lot of these mid-range decks also running stuff like Chrome Mox and Lotus Petal just to get that uh, that ball rolling even mm -hmm. faster. It always feels like if you're in control, you're in you're playing from behind. Uh, always. And yeah, that's like sort of the traditional control, <laughs> you know. Right, it's something that it's something yeah. that you understand coming into it. Correct. Um, but, you know, when you keep a hand predicated on, uh, you know, your ability to one for one your opponent mm -hmm. and, and they go, um, you know, mocks uh, two drop on turn one and then they play two card. They play two cards on turn two and you just have land, maybe kill a thing and then land. I can only kill one of your two things. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to start taking damage and then every damage that you take is is less time that you have to you know figure it out. And then, of course, the bane of your existence, which is three mana to fairy, is is basically getting slammed in everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it does make it really, really hard. Yeah, there. So, what do we do to improve this? Uh, I, I don't know. 
Like, that's, we, that, that, that is the question. That's the question. That right? is the question. How do we improve this? And we would love to know what you think down in the comment <laughs> section below because I have not been able to figure it out. Yeah, we're sort of just bemoaning the... And, and this is sort of... I would love to see more control players. As a dredge player, absolutely. Come on, bring, man. Bring control every time. <laughs> I would love to run into three control players uh, at F and M, uh, it would make my heart sing instead of playing against combo players. Uh, and and like, I I think, and this is sort of what my idea is about making control better. Is maybe you also have to lean into the planeswalker plan. Well, I think that ultimately that was what we decided when mm-hmm. when I decided to table Jeskai Dragons and move on. Uh, mm-hmm. to something else was that that's that's kind of what you have to do is like you have to be able to present threats that mm-hmm. either that either also deal with permanence so your threat is left behind after the permanent goes away which is something that we were already doing um yeah you know you have glory bringer uh you have um the five mana teferi yeah uh, jace they have the ability to uh, even three mana teferi they have the ability to deal with the permanent and stay on the battlefield mm-hmm. um the problem you know that you run into there is that like you are talking about three four and five mana cards mm-hmm. and the things that you are trying to deal with are two and three mana you are not trading up in mana which is something that's no. super duper important for a control deck. ideally you're never trading these per se um, no, the mana, the mana. Oh, the mana. Is what tr- I was about. Yeah. Um, so your opponent's coming out of the gate with three mana on turn one, and you have five mana on turn five. Yeah. You're that, way behind. And they probably then you know distributed their threats across three different bodies or four different right. four different you know permanents. Right. And and suddenly it's not about drawing you know supreme verdict. It's about you know. I have to deal four damage to these three creatures and deal with this planeswalker or deal with this recursion engine. Um, they've got a Ren and six online and like, I've killed people with Ren and six before. Like, yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I, I think planeswalkers are the problem and planeswalkers are also weirdly the answer. Uh, uh, sure. I mean, yeah, but also I kind of want, I would love a wrath that just took care of all permanents, you know? Oh, there's lots of those. I mean, are we like Nev's disc f- plus planeswalkers, right? Uh, there's the planar cleansing. Oh yeah. Uh, there's uh, farewell. There's yeah. Farewell. Um, yeah, there's, there's, they, they cost six mana. They, yeah. They're just insanely expensive. Yeah. And, and by that point, your opponent probably has, so either a way to deal with that. So or... here's the problem is you need to find a way to get ahead on mana as quickly mm-hmm. as they are. And so the obvious, <laughs> the obvious choice is like, well, play, uh, you know, play ramp, whether yeah. that's green cards or artifacts or whatever it is. The problem when you're doing that is now you're tapping out to play your ramp mm. spell or to play your, your, your talisman or whatever it is. Yeah. And you don't have mana up to counter their thing. And this was the Boros like logic, right? A shoe blue to yeah. focus on the ramp, mm-hmm. um, and then basically it allows you to play these these uh, powerful planeswalkers off curve. Wait, way, way ahead of curve. Yeah, ahead of curve. And then you have a healthy dose of of wraths that also take care of things. And then mm-hmm. 
like your planeswalker is left around to to make creatures or to to take care of their planeswalkers or whatever like mm-hmm. the but then you don't you you have the inability to deal with spells on the stack mm-hmm. uh <laughs> which let me tell you uh, that's trouble yeah so now you have a problem with the combo decks which you should be favored against yes because co- control decks against combo decks generally good and then and then if you run into another control deck you're just not ever going to win that game no, because they're operating on a much like they're not tapping out. They're countering your big spell. Right that here, you, you can have your into. you can have your ramp. I'll just save my counter spell for your for your Chandra or whatever. Yes, yeah, you're not double spelling. You're right. casting one big spell, one and then they're spell. countering that, and that's what control wants. They want you to cast yeah. one big spell every turn that they can counter, and then they can go to their turn and they can cast a spell that draws them two cards. And yeah, hold I would up love it. Mana. I would yeah. love it. Sign me up for all of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I I think the big problem right now is just the amount of acceleration these mid-range decks have. Do you think? Do you think that's what it is? I I think that like to me, the issue is that like the mid-range decks get to just play so fast for so little cost because they don't need any other pointed cards. They just get to dip into fast mana easily. Mm. Like because I think fact- it's I think it's cards that that produce multiple game states. <laughs> like yeah. you have these planeswalkers that are making creatures, so now yeah. you have to deal with the planeswalker and the creatures. You have cards that make the initiative, and oh, that's its own. Uh, so so you have a creature and you have this emblem that you can't actually interact with in any way other than taking mm. it. Um, you have you know like the monarch where and and if you're playing a reactive control deck where your win conditions are very limited. And mm. oftentimes they don't even deal damage to your opponent in combat. You can't take mm. the monarch. You can't take the initiative. Yeah. Well, Dra- Dragon sort of got around that in a fun way too. It did. And <laughs> I, I that was part of the deck that I really enjoyed was that there was a combat element, and you were always winning combat. If I if I could have every game go mana drain your five mana thing. Okay, untap <laughs> play. Play Invasion of Tarkir, reveal Shivan Devastator, destroy yeah. your thing. Okay, use my Mana Drain mana to cast Shivan Devastator, attack my battle, flip it over. If I could have every game go like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, that's... But you can't, because you're playing Singleton. <laughs> yeah. But you can have variations of that, I think. Especially with... The the issue is that... And again, you, you pointed out there where the big turning point wasn't, you know, countering a spell, it was the mana drain mana. Where where sure. your acceleration was what put because My were... counter spell was my acceleration? Yeah, exactly. I can only think of one other counter spell that does that and it's four mana and in green. You don't play that spell. <laughs> I love a plasm capture. <laughs> yeah, with green and blue. <laughs> yeah, good, good old original Ravnica. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, that's from Return to Ravnica, actually. Oh, it's RTR? Okay. My apologies. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I cast I, that card so much in Standard. I love I, a Plasm Capture. It is because a very I went, good Because card. I went Farseek, so I could play it on turn three. And, you know, counter your counter your turn three or turn four Thrag Tusk, and then untap with five mana and play Elishnorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a bit... That deck was fun. <laughs> that... That's a control deck that I can get behind. Heck where you're yeah, just, buddy. Um, 
so so incorporating some of those aggressive or, or you know the board state elements into a into a control deck i think really do help it um well okay so yes that that is like the 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 specific you know best part to me about having dragons be your win condition is that a lot of them have haste and that is extremely relevant <laughs> So like, yes. especially, the, especially like Glorybringer, for example, Glorybringer come down, he can take the initiative and kill the creature yep. so that they can't take it back. Like they can't retake it. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of lightning angel, right? Like it's a three, four with vigilance haste. Yeah. And, the vigilance, the vigilance is the key flying. there because, because it gets to block. Yeah. So it gets it, to take the initiative and, and stay back as a blocker. Like he attack and protect. Well, not exactly. Protect, attack take take initiative back the that was the reason that i started playing uh i started playing jess guy it wasn't it was a, lightning angel yeah it was lightning angel it was mantis rider it was these creatures that i thought were really interesting and getting to like not getting having to play a control deck was sort of like the side of that was like i have to play a control deck because these are the colors that do it really well and if i want to put these three colors together it, it's sort of like if you want a good deck, you have to include these components because, like, you're you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna doom blade something, right? I mean, well, you can, but yeah, it's uh, a source of flashers is way better. <laughs> true, but you only get one, and there's like a hundred different variations on murder. So, I mean, don't play murder, obviously. <laughs> It's double black though yeah i mean so what what's the takeaway here is that uh i don't know i mean me it's just me it's just me yelling into a void i think we just need some innovation i think control needs a big innovation to, to become great again uh there is a place for control um and, and i think with combo rising we could see control decks sort of emerging again. bring it back Bring yeah. it back. <laughs> Honestly, we're seeing so we've seen two flash decks come into play. We have a dedicated uh time walk deck. And and all of our it, one of our best players is playing Flash Hulk now. Um Jake Jake has sort of picked up the reins to the deck to test it out, and yeah. he's getting some really good results out of it. And if you want to play against uh, play against uh combo decks in a meaningful way a tempo deck or a control deck are the ways to do it mm. because these combo decks, the, especially the flash Hulk deck. If you come at it with a mid range deck, you will die. It will ruin you. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if you're not establishing a, a extremely fast clock, which a lot of these, a lot of the mid range decks right now are basically getting to four mana just so they can do the initiative. And that's cute, but Flash Hulk can win on its upkeep with a Pact of Negation trigger on the Yeah, side. we saw that happen, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on turn two, it literally needs zero board state, two mana, and two cards in hand. That's all. Wild. And, and moreover, like, Seeker Walk is still a thing. We're still seeing a lot of that. We're still seeing so. A lot of... So you're saying I should take it off of the shelf and look at it again? I think so. I th especially if you can curate it, like we talked about when standard is rotating. We don't know what the format's going to look like. We've seen sort of a rotation now, especially as initiative is sort of kind of 
moved its way into into mid-range and the triple mock spreads are sort of become dominant we know what the game plans look like mm-hmm. and it, it's totally okay to take the take these these control decks and you know move them. them around it yeah exactly so yeah i think i think we look at jeskai dragons again sounds and... fun sign me up <laughs> all righty uh uh, so yeah, I want to thank everybody for, uh, for listening to the podcast today. Um, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel. Make sure you your notifications on so that we get to annoy you every time we upload a video. Yeah. And get in the comments. Tell me why I'm wrong. Mox into four points. Mox to four. <laughs> All on it. Just want to see it. And as and always. we just want to remind you that. We're proud. We're proud of you. Of you. Thanks Bye. everybody. Bye.